0: We just want to welcome you, welcome you to the Family Forum. This is Prophetess Burgess Gordon, and I'm here with Pastor Nemo Clement, and we'd like to welcome you to Family Forum. We are from Moment with Christ Ministries, which is about forty-five minutes out of Atlanta, Georgia, where the senior pastor is Prophetess Lydia Bukhari. I just want to get kind of get started because I was trying to give uh, all the members or people time to get into the conference line because we switched the caller ID. So it might have confused a lot of people. So we were trying to give them time to get into the line so that they can be on the line and get in. I had a couple of calls telling me they were unable to get in the line. If you know someone and they're unable to get in. Please allow them to know, text them and let them know that if they call the number and follow the prompts, it will allow them into the call. So let's get started tonight. Um, Again, this is Profitus Burgess Gordon, and I'm going to pass this over to Pastor Nemo Clement so we can begin the family forum tonight. Hello, Pastor Clement. Could you please come on in and talk to the people?
2: Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to come into your homes, to come through your phones, to talk to you about families, amen, family, family. I am excited to be among, amen, among you all today. It is a blessed day, it's a beautiful day, we thank God. We've been talking about the family and we had initially set out to say that the purpose of the program is to ensure that families, being the bedrock of the society and bedrock of the church, be able to live fuller lives and enjoy the benefits. Amen. Of being called the family of God, we talked about various structures of the family, of various types of the family, and we said that we are going to, we are going to use two men of those families. Amen. And we are going to do a study on them. And we are going to talk about them, and the purpose is for us to be able to allow God's order to operate in our families, therefore ensuing peace and prosperity, because that is what we are after. We all look for prosperity in various areas, and the word prosperity sometimes is, is skewed because of the way it is, it is portrayed, amen? especially in the Christendom. Amen. Today, you know, we said that we are going to, we are, we are going to rest our discussions on the, on the nucleus, the family nucleus, and we are going to talk about God's family. Amen. And so we would, we would, today we are going to, we've been talking about God's family and we've been talking about this, a few things about it. Today we want to talk about, amen, the purpose, amen, the reason, amen, and why. The family, or what the God's family stands for. Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening. <clears throat> we give you glory and honor. We praise you, O God, Heavenly Father, for this medium and for the opportunity that we have that you have given to us, Heavenly Father, to fellowship with one another and to fellowship with you, Heavenly Father. You have appointed the family, Heavenly Father, and have instituted establish your purpose in the family for your people to enjoy and to get to know you and to get to know heavenly father had the setup of the kingdom that which we are after amen so heavenly father i'm asking tonight heavenly father that you will come and take preeminence of this program and come and teach your people heavenly father i'm asking you tonight heavenly Father not to look on my sins, Heavenly Father, overlook my sins, overlook my wrongs, Heavenly Father, and for your name's sake, O God, Heavenly Father, come and teach us, Heavenly Father, how the family should operate in the proper order and manner and the purpose for which you have created the family so that, Heavenly Father, we can live according to your purpose and we can give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen, 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 amen. The family. We talked about the structure of the family. We said that the family is uh, a group of people that consists of a married couple, that is, the father and the mother, or the husband and the wife, the children, amen, nieces, amen, sometimes servants, and the rules that they follow, the doctrine that they follow, amen, in order to operate in the family. A godly family, we defined the last time we said that the word godly was doctrine. That's basically what it means. And so if we are a godly family, then we have a doctrine that we follow. In our case as Christians, Jesus Christ is our doctrine. The Bible was written for us, It meant for us to have a method of which we operate. Amen, and the scripture promises that if we operate, in that fashion, that we are going to be successful. Successful according to the scriptures, not according to man. Amen. Today, we want to look at we want to look at what the what the family is, amen, or what the family represents, and why God will decide or why God decided, meant to establish the family first. And looks at the whole entire community of the Christendom as a family. As Jesus as the scripture, says that Jesus Christ is the head of a man signifying what a family is. I'm going to tell you all this brief story. In Genesis chapter thirteen, God told Abraham that he has appointed him to be a father of many nations, and that uh, but that his his descendants were going to go to Egypt and serve them for four hundred and fifty years. We are going to serve for 400 years, and after that, he was going to bring them and station them in the land that he is showing Abraham at the time. Abraham was, was in Shechem at the time, amen, Journeying, going further, amen. And the Lord said that he was going to bring them back at a given time, and that we are going to worship him in that land. And that promise was fulfilled when the children of Jacob, seventy nine of them in number at the time because of famine that ensued, went a man travelled, a man to Egypt to go and live because the son Joseph, whom they sold, has risen to become a prime minister of Egypt and was making up food during the time of famine. And so that is how they ended up there. And at the appointed time when they got distressed, they we are getting to be big, they we are you know, they were expanding in number, amen, and in wealth, they we are expanding, and so the people of the Egyptians put them under rigorous labor, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard their cry, and he came, amen, and took them out after performing wonders and signs and miracles in the land of Egypt. And when he took them out, they had to go through the wilderness. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. And at the end of 40 years, he stationed them in the land he promised them, the land of Canaan. And he promised them that that land was going to be a land of milk and honey. And so he stationed them in that land after they have wandered, amen, in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. The story I've just Talked the story that I have just talked about in a nutshell, not in detail, Amen. But I have given that story because I want to I want to tell us about what man, the family represents, Amen in the Christiandom, Amen. The promised land is a representation of the kingdom. It's a representation of heaven, if you will, Amen. The goal for which we have been asked to worship God and to obey Him and to do amen, and live righteous lives, amen. What God has done, what God has done for us today is to give us a family, amen. If the family, he has set up the family, amen, to represent what the kingdom is. And in the family, the blessings that we are looking for, amen, are present there. And so we have to belong to a family. And so in belonging to the family, there are certain benefits that we have, one of the reasons that we are going to talk about today is redemption. Amen? We are going to talk about redemption. When I talked about the story, the story that I just talked, I mentioned something like wandering. I mentioned something like rigorous labor. That is slavery. Amen? And I talked about amen, coming amen, Jesus, um, God coming, the Father coming, amen, and getting them out of that place after performing signs, miracles, and wonders. He got them out of Egypt. Amen. They had to go through the wilderness, and he stationed them in the promised land. Amen. Where they had to rest, amen, and continue fellowship with God. Amen. So today, I want us to go to I want us to go to Psalm 68, and we are going to read verse six in Psalm 68. And we are there is a word there that I want to talk about, and that word is solitary. Amen. That word is solitary. Amen. One of the things that God has done is, amen, for those of us who we are sinners or have been sinners, we are all sinners, but before we came to, before we were justified, amen, and after we were justified, what God did was to pull us out of the kingdom of darkness, the place that we are, amen, and in order to be able to choreograph our life, he put us in a family. In a family where our life, will, our life will be choreographed, we will be disciplined so that we will show and be able to do those things that he has created us to do. That is what the family is for. And we are going to see that in Psalm 68, verse 6. Hallelujah. Please, as I keep on talking, if you have any questions, please stop me and ask. Amen. Uh, but today we want to talk about the word solitary for a little while. Solitary. What is solitary? Go ahead. <laughs>
0: Psalm 68, 6. God set the solitary in family. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land.
2: Amen. 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 He puts the solitary in families. What is solitary? What is solitary? What is solitary? Amen. There are various translations of the word solitary. But who wants to venture and tell us what solitary is? What do you think solitary is? Being alone. Being alone. Being alone. That is correct, and that is the that is the biblical definition for solitary. Now, some of the translations, like the NIV, amen, the NIV, the NASB, amen, the Good News Bible, the NET, the NRSV, these especially the word, the English uh, written Bibles, amen, translate that word to be lonely. It is the word is not the word is not lonely though it can be applied to be so, but the word means alone. You can be you can be matter of fact, both of those words are different, amen. Because you can be in the company of somebody and still be lonely. Being alone talks about being alone depicts a situation where you are either ostracized, amen. You are in circum, you are in a circumstance by yourself, wandering and doing things, amen. As a matter of fact, what it means is that you need help, amen. The word lonely, I mean, the word solitary, there are talks depict somebody who is who is alone and needs help. And so what God has done is put you in the family so that your needs can be met. Amen. Alone. Solitary. And that is one of the advantages. And it is a common distress nowadays that people are living unfulfilled lives because they tend to struggle alone without help. And the scripture promises that we have a helper. And that is why the family is structured in the way it is structured. It goes from the head down to the commoner in the family. And so there is a chain of command in the family. And if you follow the chain of command, then your needs are going to be met. What are those needs? The scripture that we just read talked about, you know, he pulls out those that are in bondage. If you are solitary, if you are in a solitary confinement, then you are in bondage. Remember, I gave us, uh, ex, uh, gave us um, uh, Acts chapter 12 to read. Amen. As an assignment, one of the assignments that I gave was, you know, Acts chapter 12. And Acts chapter 12, 1 through 15, talks about Peter being in jail. Amen. Herod got him and put him in jail and, you know, was going to kill him on the Passover day because he pleased the people that he had killed James. Amen, the brother of Jesus Christ. Amen, and so he was going to kill him. But meanwhile, he was in jail. Amen, the family, the Christian family, were offering prayers for him, intercessory prayers for him. And so on the night that he was going to be brought out, to be killed, amen, the angel came and released him from jail. Amen. Solitary. Benefits. Amen. And that is what that is one of the advantages. That is one of the advantages that we have because we no longer have to wander. We no longer have to be wandering in the wilderness anymore because He has pulled us from that and has put us in the family. And in the family, He has offered there is the offering there is the offer of various things that we need. Whatever we need is supposed to be met by the, Amen. In the family, hence we are asked to seek the Lord meant on operate by his doctrine because in them the benefits are manifest. Psalm sixteen verse eleven. Amen, we just sang the song, we just played the music that talks about in his presence. Psalm sixteen verse eleven
1: says that in your presence there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Any questions or comments at this time about the word solitary. Solitary. You're with me? Amen. 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 Praise God.
2: Solitary. You know that is a common word that we use nowadays, solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Solitary confinement. And so when the scripture talked about in Psalm eighty six, Psalm sixty-eight verse six, the second the second part of it, when it talked that amen, when God puts people in the family, it means that he has released them from prison or from bondage. That's what they are being released from being released from prison is prosperity in the Hebrew. Amen. Prosperity. Amen. We all hear about people talking about prosperity and so on and so forth. Let us digress for a
1: little bit. What do, we, what do we think? What is prosperity? What do we understand by the word prosperity? I want to say something
2: here that is very, very fundamental so that when we are listening to this prosperity preaching and all that, we'll have an idea what prosperity is supposed to be as far as we are
1: concerned. What is prosperity? I need you to talk to me today. Talk to me. you are used to talk to me. Now Talk to me today. Praise God. Prosperity simply means that God will be good to you.
3: Right. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Prosperity means that God will be good to you. And so the fashion in which he will be good to you is his prerogative. We have the preaching today, and you can read this in Deuteronomy chapter 16. You can read that in Numbers chapter 23. Amen. Leviticus chapter 8. Amen. It talks about Exodus chapter 30. It talks about these things. Amen. Prosperity. We talk about prosperity. The word prosperity came out of peace. Remember in Ezra chapter 7, you know, when they were talking to Ezra... Ezra on his journey said his journey prospered because he fasted and prayed for a certain amount of days. Amen. Prosperity means that God will be good to you. In other words, when you do what he has asked you to do, Deuteronomy chapter 28 through chapter 32, when you do what God has asked you to do, he said that he was going to do what he promised to do. And for every one of us, the promise
1: that he gave to us is different. Hence the gift that we have as well, prosperity. Amen. And so when you are pulled out of bondage, you already
2: prosper. So putting you in the family means that you are prosperous. You are on the road to prosper. Now I want to talk about some of the distresses, But before I go into before I go into you know the biblical description you know we are going to go now to uh, uh we are going to go now into psalm one o seven but before we go into the into that, let us just ordinarily being in the family what are the advantages that we get what are the advantages that we enjoy being in a family or as family members? what are the advantages? Let us just leave the Bible alone for one time and just talk and just ransack our memory into what is what are the things that we enjoy as a result of being
3: in a family? Or- Good evening, Pastor Clement. Thank you. This is Valerie. Um, one of the advantages that we um, get from family is the opportunity to develop our um, um, in terms of, of um, where we grow. It's an opportunity to develop through the spirit. Um, it's an opportunity to really express um, God's form of love, because love is affirmation, is correction, um, it's un, it's unconditional love, or, and um, sometimes we use the word love uh, loosely, but we don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean the agape. Um, and for me, I'm fortunate that God has given me, uh, when you re- read Psalm 68, um, six and you said that God has set the lonely or the the lonely was um, those that are was alone were alone in a family that's what he did to me and he gave me family in the body of Christ I didn't pick them but I was willing to say okay God this is this. this my life is yours and my family of origin didn't have what I needed to move forward in God in a healthy way. So what He did for me is He gave me family, um, like my sister in Atlanta, um, uh, friends in uh, the Carolinas. So He gave me family that helped me to fulfill um, my purpose in Him as a as a parent, as a sister, as a woman of God, and um, I'm grateful for that. Sometimes your family of origin doesn't have the capacity to provide what you need to mature in God, so he gives you another family in the body of Christ. Amen. So that's, that's my testimony.
2: Amen. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it, Valerie. Here is the thing. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 8, I'm mean, sorry, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, when the scripture said that God, put Adam to sleep and created Eve out of him, and he said that it is not good for man to be alone. Man in that sense is not necessarily just the male species. But he said man it is not good for man to be alone and that he was going to man needs a helper suitable for his needs. And so out of that he created Eve. And he created Eve out of the man because then the man will not be able to say that he is complete without Eve and Eve will not be able to say she is complete without man. (laughs) Amen. We complete each other and without each other we are short, short of something. The representative of that is the body of Christ in the New Testament. When it says that the body of Christ, Paul was explaining that in Colossians. <clears throat> talking about Colossians and also in the later in the later part of Second Corinthians, he was talking about the fact that because I am the eye and not the head, I cannot say that I am not part of the body. And so if one part suffers, all of us suffer. And if one part rejoices, all of us rejoices because we complete each other. One of the reasons one of the reasons why one of the reasons why the scripture gives us instruction in Hebrews 11 about the assembling of ourselves is that when we do, we become 100%, we become complete, everything that is needed is there, and whatever we need can be handled in that atmosphere, be it prophecy, prayers, visions, dreams, casting out demons, healing the sick, all the gifts are there. In other words, God is there. Because me and you are the image of God. And so what God did in that Genesis 2 verse eight is that He met the needs, as you have said, Valerie. <clears throat> He met the needs of His creation, human, the human being that He created. I am grateful that you brought, I am grateful that you brought that up. You know this will help us to appreciate the fact when Scripture says that in every circumstance we should give God
1: thanks. In every circumstance, we should give God thanks.
2: Amen. When the scripture talks about that in Ephesians chapter 4 and 8, when it says that we are complete in Him, these are all references. That goes back to Genesis chapter 2 verse 8, and the family. Thank you so much for that. Anybody else? I am so grateful for that. And so one of the things that we know, one of the advantages that she has said, we have opportunity in the family. Our needs are being met in the family. For one thing, we know we don't have to wonder anymore. We don't have to wonder anymore in the sense of wondering if if our problems are going to be solved or are we going to be alone in the wilderness. And that brings us to the next thing that we are going to talk about, and that is redemption. Amen? Redemption. Anybody else want to say something? Thank you so much. Anybody else have a comment or
1: question? Okay. Please go with me to, if we don't have any questions
2: or comments, please go with me to Psalm 107. Psalm 107, when you get there, say Amen. We are going to we are going to read from verse 4. It is an awesome psalm. You can you can read that psalm. Amen. And a partner Psalm to Psalm 107 is Psalm 37. Amen. If you can read both of those at your spare time, it is going to bless you tremendously. Amen. And we are going to talk, we are going to read verse four through verse nine. And we are going to talk about redemption. Amen. What the family, what we have been talking about in meeting the needs, in meeting the needs of the family, amen. In meeting the needs of the family, what God has done is that some of the distresses that plague us are being taken
1: care of in the family. Amen. We'll talk about redemption. When you get
2: there, say amen. Psalm 107. we read from verse 4 through verse 9. Hallelujah. If we don't get to finish this, we are going to talk about from on, from here on out, we are going to concentrate on the distresses that the family take care of for us. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 107. We'll read from verse 4 through verse 9. And as we are going there, I want to ask if anybody want to help us with what redemption is. It's Old Testament time. Amen. It talks about it in the in the New Testament with reference
1: to the Old Testament. Redemption. What is redemption? To so redeem, we have a church
2: there that calls themselves Redeemed. The Redeemed Church of Christ. I happen to know one of the pastors. Praise
1: God. What is redemption? Esther chapter 1 and 2. Redemption.
2: Redemption for the most part as we, you know, the common explanation that we have for that is to buy back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Redemption, to redeem, to buy back. You know, the uh, the Israelite back in the days, you know, they said that God gave them an order in Leviticus 17. It said that if they that if they became so poor that they sold themselves to their, to their neighbor, amen, they have the chance or to their property to their neighbor, if there is the opportunity for their family member who might come up for riches or themselves that able to pay for that at a certain time according to the calendar of the Jubilee year, amen, and retrieve their loss or you know, free themselves from that slavery. Uh, basically, that is what redemption is. You know, if the person can't, then the next of kin, and that is what happened to that is what happened to Esther. Amen. It's a vivid story in Esther. Amen. And so that is what redemption is. But you know, what is what is what what did what did uh, what what are we bought? You know, why are we bought? Why did what did they buy us from? Amen. One of the things one of the things that the scripture talks about here in Psalm one hundred seven. A man is, a man redeeming us from wandering. Redeeming us from wandering.
0: Yes. Psalm 107, and that's from 4 to 7, you said Pastor 4 to 9. 4 to 9. Mm-hmm. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They found no city to dwell in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. Mm-hmm. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Mm-hmm. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Mm-hmm. Eight, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Mm-hmm. Verse nine, for he satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talks
2: about wandering on the solitary way. You know, uh, that is, this section actually uh, explains what uh, Psalm 68 and 6 talked about, how he did it. And in the family, our needs are met. He fills the hungry soul. Amen. That is the same thing as Jesus talked about, amen, in the beatitudes. Amen. He fed the soul, the hungry and the thirsty are being fed. Amen. Those of us that are wandering, he picked us out of out of the way, amen, and put us in a home. This time he called it a habitation. Amen. A habitation. Amen. And so that is that means that he places us in a place permanently and for us to foster, for us to grow from there. Redemption, if he redeemed us, if he redeemed us from
1: wandering. What does that say? What does that say to redeem us from wandering?
2: Amen. we
0: know that redemption is salvation. Is, is that that is that a comment or a statement? Do you want to ask us uh, what does that mean? What, what what are you saying? I
2: want to yes, I want to ask. I want to ask what does it what does it mean to us to be redeemed, to be to be redeemed from wandering,
1: deliverance, freedom. Ah, freedom. I like that freedom. To redeem,
2: exactly right, freedom.
1: He redeemed us in
2: order, he freed us from bondage, and the purpose for freeing us from bondage is to serve him. Okay? The purpose for freeing us. Wow, that, was, that is great. Thank you there. The purpose for freeing us is to serve him. So he got us out of bondage. It meant getting us out of bondage means that we prosper. He got us into prosperity. And the reason for that is for us to serve him. Why? Because through us he wants to show his manifold wisdom. He wants to display his power. He wants to us dis- Oh, hallelujah. Let us go to, let us go to uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 and 1. Amen. Hallelujah. Galatians 5 and 1.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with, wherewith Christ has made us free. Mm-hmm. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Oh, my goodness.
1: Hallelujah.
2: Amen. And if we read Galatians 6, 1, it says that the freedom that we have freed, amen, is supposed to be used to serve one another and to him, and to serve him. I just wanted to mention, I just wanted to mention that, amen. We are freed from wandering, amen. What wandering, what wandering will represent is, you know, remember in in James chapter 2, Amen one through fifty when James was talking about somebody who does not somebody who doubts. Amen. And it's just fluctuating, it's just like the wave of the sea. You have no purpose. You are out of purpose. You are out of God. You are wandering. You have no aim, no goal. You as a person is not formed because you are not disciplined. You are not doctrine. Amen. You have no teaching. You are just out
1: there. And so you are brought out of that and put in a culture. Follow that is what that means. The second one,
2: amen. I want to, how much time? We have plenty of time. Any questions or comments? Any questions or
1: comments?
0: Amen. Mr. Nukola's on the line. Can you kind of remind them and let them know what we're talking about, Pastor Tim? Amen. It will be a pleasure. We are talking about the benefits
2: of being in a family or the benefits of a family. Amen. That is, in short, what we are talking about. Amen. We, we, started, by, we started by saying that the family is established in order to take care of the needs amen, of the people or the family or God's people. We said that a family is a representation of the kingdom of God or heaven, that which me and you, amen, spend our time and effort serving God for. Amen, that is what the family is. And as a result of that, God has put us in the family in order to take care of our needs. That taking care of need means that distresses that we face, being handled in the family and that is what prosperity is amen When we read when we read psalm 68 amen we read psalm 68 verse 6 i told the story that came out of um acts chapter 12 about peter's imprisonment and release we talked about genesis chapter 2 verse 8 when god said that it was not good for man to be alone we defined the word solitary to be alone and not lonely Amen. Because those are two different. Those are two different. Amen. Lonely meaning that you are, you are lonely because of the absence of just a companion. Amen. But alone, being alone means that you are doing certain things without help. You need help. And that is where the kingdom comes in. That is where the home comes in. Amen. One of the other distresses One of the other distresses, amen, that we want to talk about, we already talked about the issue that, you know, we are freed from prison as well, and we said that being freed from bondage is prosperity, according to the Hebrew definition. Now, we want to talk, the other thing we want to talk about is psychological misery. Psychological misery. Most of the issues... And this here is very, very important because we thank God to the advanced world that he has given knowledge to some people or some people have gone to be educated in this area and able to diagnose some psychological issues that arise. Most of the issues that children face, most of the issues that children, amen, up to adolescents face are psychological problems. And these emanate from home. Or
1: homelessness. Amen? From the home or homelessness.
2: I want us to look at Psalm 107, 17 through verse 22. We are going to be in this, uh, we are going to be in this psalm for a little while. Psychological means psychological. It is very, very difficult to diagnose because Kids and people just act anyhow. My, go ahead, please, if you're there. Seventeen through twenty-one.
0: Seventeen through twenty-two. Uh, 107, Psalm one o seven. Seventeen says, "Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, uh, are afflicted. Mm-hmm. They are so abhorred of all manner of meat." Mm -hmm. and they draw near unto the gates of death. Mm -hmm. 19, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. Mm -hmm. 20, he sent his word and healed them and Mm -hmm. delivered them from their destruction. Mm -hmm. Verse 21, Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men.
2: Mm -hmm. Amen, amen, amen. Distresses. Amen. What What? Please, I just you know here I want us to you know we probably would just talk about this for the rest of the time because it is so vast and common in families. Sometimes we don't know that these issues these issues plague plague us in the families. I happen to be opportuned you know my my younger brother in Minneapolis, amen, does this thing for the state, amen, and and I have come to see. I come to see the devastating effect of these psychological issues in families and in children. Amen. So I, but what what are some of the what are some of the issues, psychological issues, whatever you think, what are some of the things that plague us in a family? And let's see if we can if we can biblically you know find solution to this thing, or if we can just bring light to them. Maybe somebody has been. Somebody has been able to come out of or bring somebody out of a particular given problem that is psychological.
1: What are the common things that play the family? Well, for me, myself,
0: this is probably going. uh, I see a lot of dysfunction in families, dysfunction. and in that dysfunction, it's always, it could be uh, one of the members uh, have a mental problem, uh, they can have, as you're talking about psychological issues, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we find a lot of families, and they have ADD, they have uh Bipolar. Mm-hmm. There's different things that they have. There's stresses of their life. They might have sexually abused. They might have been mm-hmm. physically abused. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have been mentally abused. There's mm-hmm. so many things that go on in the family structure that is hidden. Mm-hmm. That is hidden in the family, and it causes devastation because it's hidden. Mm-hmm. It's not spoken about. It's swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. It's and, and I mean, it goes down as the family line, the generation after generation, the same thing keeps hitting each generation because no one wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest issue I see in families, and I'm going to just say this right out there, because being a counselor, I have dealt with a lot, and not only as a counselor, but in my own life, uh, sexual abuse is a biggie in families that causes big issues. Mm. Sexual abuse.
2: Paul writes, as a matter of fact, when you look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 14 and chapter 21, it says that fornication and adultery is the same thing as murder because blood is involved. Now, the issue with this sexual abuse I grew up I grew up in Nigeria. These things are very prevalent in Nigeria, but because there is no law governing that back when I was in Nigeria, we never saw this. We never saw this as a, a, a plague. is a, a, a system dysfunction or a breach of the system or a breach of one's life. But here in the advanced world has thrown a, thrown light to this issue. Amen. That we need to know. And, you know, it is it is amazing how devastating that that particular issue is. We, we are studying we, we are studying uh, 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 a book, loyalty and disloyalty. Amen. And we come to find that people that are offended. What happens with this issue? What happens with this issue of sexual abuse in our families is that. Even when the particular problem, that is, the cause, even when the cause of the problem has been removed from the circumstances, we find out that the effect, the aftermath of that particular effect of that circumstance lingers on for the life of the people and they become dysfunctional. Mm. Mm-hmm. They become dysfunctional now because they, they, their life has been twisted and so what is wrong now becomes right to them and what is a plague
1: now becomes normal to them. Mm-hmm. Sexual abuse. Paul says that he wishes that the people were castrated. It is, it, is an, it is an
2: abnormality. Listen, parents, you know, do what you can. Take a good look at your children. Pay attention to your children. There is a proverb, there is, there is a proverb, I forgot what, what chapter that proverb in, in proverb, it says
1: that, it says, take a good look at your flocks. He said, "Pay attention to your flocks. It is necessary for you to take in, pay attention to your children. God gave them to us as gifts.
2: I've had circumstances. I've had circumstances where even sometimes the children will tell their parents." And what happens is
1: the parents will discharge them away from the home. Most of the culprit is in laws
2: father in law, mother in law, brother in law.
1: Pay attention. When you see things like your pay when you see things like your children being
2: uncomfortable for you to leave them by themselves at home with somebody else, you need to find out why.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Pastor Clemens? Yes. The other kind of abuse is emotional abuse. I notice a lot of um particularly in some cultures, it's okay to call kids out of their name, call them uh, fat or Goofy or are you stupid and those words you can't take them back. Uh um the thing that I was called was a waterhead. Um and you you know, it I just I remember the day that I just boldly said to my mom, um, I'm not a waterhead, I'm crying because my heart hurts and God gave me tears to express what's in my heart. And don't call me a waterhead anymore. I just, there was this righteous indignation that rose up in me because Mm -hmm. I had such um, turmoil in my home growing up as a girl. And Mm -hmm. so um, thank God I could cry. And um, I remember that that was the last day that she ever called me anything other than Valerie. But Mm -hmm. it's um, the hand of God. But when you when you emotionally abuse kids and you manipulate them and you call them names, um, that, that's, I mean, that's sometimes just as as bad as, you know, the sexual abuse, any kind of abuse is misuse, misuse of, of a person or thing or relationship, uh, 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 opposite or contrary to the way it was intended.
2: Mm. -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm 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 glad you brought this up. Uh, the emotional one is actually uh, is actually as devastating and as the sexual abuse because that one is not detectable and sometimes it's easily inflicted because we go under the cloak that we don't mean what we say. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter whether we mean what we say or we don't mean what we say. What matters is that we said it. Mm-hmm. The scripture the scripture says that words don't die. What that means is that it is going to circle around in the atmosphere until it finds and gets the opportunity to take effect. And so the words that you speak at some point in the life will take effect. Now, here is the antidote. Remember in Luke, in the book of Luke and, and the book of John, when, the, when Jesus Christ was uh, speaking with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he healed a, a man. And this is in Luke chapter 7, I believe. He healed a, a, a man possessed with a demon. And after he did that, the people got together and said that he, he was able to do that because he was an ally
1: of the prince of Beelzebub. Amen. Luke chapter 7. Matthew I believe
2: chapter 16. Amen. They called him. So when they called, when they they told Jesus Christ that he has a demon, what did Jesus Christ do? He did what exactly you did, my sister. He said that, no, I'm, 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 I'm not a demon, neither do I have a demon in me. He said, but who do your children? What would you say about your children? How do they cast the demons out? Amen. What I am trying to say is that if you are able, amen, to refute one of the things, one of the, one of the things that we have to do in deliverance or the, the prefaces of deliverance is that we have to refute. You often, hear, you often hear deliverance ministers saying that denounce this, denounce that, denounce that, denounce that. It is necessary for you to denounce. If you do not denounce, it means that you accept that. Well, this is another thing that the scripture in Proverbs 17 says. It says that if the snake bites, there is no
1: use for the charmer. Amen? It's the same thing as saying that prevention is better than cure.
2: Okay? Okay? So we cannot accept that which is derogatory to us. Remember that once you are the, at the age of being able to decipher between what is wrong and right, you are now responsible for your life, even though you may have to get some needs met by those whom God has placed as guardians over your life. But you owe
1: it to yourself to claim certain things. Jesus Christ just simply told them that, like, no, uh-uh.
2: I'm not a demon, neither do I have a demon. And so you denounce this, you denounce this thing. That is the first phase. There is nothing I can do if you are not... Listen, even those that go to uh, uh, Alcoholic Anonymous and NA, they don't come out to your house and chase you. You have to get to the point what, what is called your bottom line where you cannot handle this anymore, where you are sick and tired of being tired, and when you don't want this anymore, that is the first step of deliverance in your life. There is nothing I can do for you as a deliverance minister. I can pray from now until Jesus comes back. But if you are not ready to take the change, to make the change in your life, it does you
1: no good. At most, what it does is information. You are part and parcel of your deliverance. Amen? And so whenever you hear somebody speak something over your life, Amen? You can refute it. Our time
2: is up for today. Looks like I've gone over. We are going to talk about we are going to continue, Amen, about the psychological effects in the family next Thursday. So please come out with your, come out with your questions, come out with your experiences. Let us share this uh, because this is going to border on abuses, Amen. And we know that abuses run rampant in our families and cause us headaches. This, in our little way, would be a way to stem that in our family so we can prosper.
1: Hallelujah. This is the family forum.
2: And I am grateful for everyone that attended today. Amen. Our time is up, and I thank you so much for coming. Uh, Please, if you can, go to givelify.com or Moment with Christ Ministries and give. Amen. For the work of God. I am grateful for the participation in this. Amen. Without you, I cannot do what I am doing now. And I hope that something is said today that you can take with you. Amen. And enrich your life better and give God glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for what has been said. We thank you for your word. I pray, Heavenly Father, that your word will get in the hearts and minds of your children. Heavenly Father, that it will transform us into that which, hallelujah, you want us to be, so that we can give you glory and honor. Heavenly Father, for all that have come out tonight, I pray, O Lord, that you would, Heavenly Father, reimburse them for this time that they have spent with you, that they would testify, Heavenly Father, that they met with you today and had a contact with you. Have your way, O God, Heavenly Father. Forgive all our sins, O God. Heavenly Father, and continue to shower us with your goodness and grace. And we will give you glory and honor. We will testify in the assembly of your goodness, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. once again, thank you for coming to join me today. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I will see you back uh, next week, Thursday, at the same time, 9 p.m. Bye-bye.